Welcome to the Fish House Nation podcast presented by Catch Cover, your home for ice fishing news, tips, stories, and strategies. And now, your host, Chris Larson. Hello and welcome to the Fish House Nation podcast. Today, our guest is Joe Henry, Executive Director from Lake of the Woods Tourism. Joe, thanks for joining the show. Chris, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Joe, there's a lot of new or returning anglers coming on board this season due in large part to COVID. Can you just give us kind of a quick overview of Lake of the Woods, a lay of the land, if you will, if people are kind of thinking about coming up there, what are they, what are they getting themselves into? We don't, um, in a nutshell, Lake of the Woods is a, is a big watershed. So I like to break it up into three parts. You know, you have, uh, you have the Rainy River that feeds Lake of the Woods. And you know, the Rainy River comes out of Rainy Lake. It flows straight west, about 60 miles, hits the town of Bedette, and then turns north 12 more miles and feeds Lake of the Woods. So that's one part of the, the ice fishing fishery. Now, we, we really don't promote the Rainy River very much because it's a river, and you really got to kind of know where to go and that sort of thing. So locals fish it and such, but, you know, for the public, it's pretty much off limits. But that's one key part of our fishery. The second part is Big Traverse Bay. Well, Chris, Big Traverse Bay is a great big open water where a good part of the ice fishing happens. It's about 30 miles north-south by 25 miles east-west. And, you know, for the most part, it's great big open water um, with not a lot of structure. There is structure, you know, out in the west part of it, up in the, you know, nor northeast corner and, and that sort of thing. But for the most part, it's flat mud. The other thing that's interesting about Big Traverse is the deepest spot in Big Traverse is about 37, 38 feet deep. So consequently, the whole thing is very prolific with life. It's almost like a huge aquarium full of forage, walleye, saugers, pike, tulipies, jumbo perch, yeah, and go on and on, you know. And then the third part is that little tip that sticks up into Canada called the Northwest Angle. Now, the Northwest Angle is actually the northernmost point of the contiguous United States, and it's where the 14,552 islands of Lake of the Woods begin. Now we have about a dozen resorts up at the angle and you know uh, um, it's interesting you know with uh, with the border shutdown and such you know uh, um, during the pandemic it's hard for people to get up there because normally you'd have to travel through Canada so you drive through Canada about 40 miles and enter back into Minnesota well because of the pandemic it's been shut off but you still can go and stay in Minnesota when you go by the lake so there'll be some opportunities both by sled and uh, you know, we believe by, by uh, automobile, there'll be some access areas to, to get up there and such. So th those are the three areas of the lake, really. The river, great big open water, big traverse like the Great Lake, and then the northwest angle. Yeah, let's talk about that, that border shutdown right now. A lot of people do slide up into Canada and do some fishing up there. How is that going to work out on the lake this year uh, with the border shut down? And, and, you know, you're not really supposed to go up there. So how is that going to work for people who are going to be heading up there? We know it's interesting. The, the vast, vast majority of the ice fishing takes place on Minnesota waters every year. Now, there, there are some that venture into Canada. They'll go over there and catch walleyes and, and uh, uh, lake trout. If they, if they snow, they'll way, way over east. Um, or they'll, they'll, there's some crappie uh, areas too. They can go get some big black crappies. But, you know, for the most part, the vast majority of people stay on the Minnesota side of Lake of the Woods. So with that in mind, it's not going to change it much. And, uh, you know, Lake of the Woods is set up so that, I mean, if, if you don't ice fish very much, you can come up to Lake of the Woods and stay at a resort and everything will be covered for you. You know, you, you, you go out there, uh, either, either they'll take you out in their own ice transportation or you can use one of their ice roads and drive right to the door of your heated fish house. 
they uh, they do a nice job of moving the fish houses around uh, on the fish, keep up the keep on the fish, the walleyes and saugers. Um, you know, you, you step up to a fish house, the holes are drilled, they're clean, it's 70 degrees, you're ready to roll. You know, the other option though, is that uh, we have a real good uh, series of ice roads. So whether people wanna pull up their wheelhouse or if they wanna fish out of their collapsible, you know, they can uh, uh, pay uh, an ice road access to one of the resorts that offers uh, an ice road and uh, go out and just get her done on, on your own. And you know, the, the big thing I always say about fishing on your own is make sure that you're communicating with that outfitter and, and make sure that you're not uh, you, you know, uh, uh, going too far off the beaten path. Meaning, especially early in the year and especially late in the year, you know, follow those, follow those ice roads and stay close to them. Don't, don't think that I gotta get so far away from the traffic that I'm gonna go four wheeling on my own. That's where people get in trouble with hitting you know, ice chunks or maybe getting caught in a crack or whatever the case might be. You know, Chris, you probably know this and it's kind of a safety message, but you know, they, these resorts, they drive those roads before light almost every day, making sure that a uh, crack or an ice upheaval hasn't happened. If it has, either they reroute it or they bridge it. And the point of it is, it's keeping you safe. And I just encourage, there's enough real good fishing happening uh, adjacent to those roads. And what are some of the advantages of that? We talked about kind of the different ways to experience it. What are some of the advantages, disadvantages of the different kind of ways you can bring it? You know, guys can bring up their own wheelhouse. They can bring a portable. They can stay at the resort, do the day house type of thing, or they can stay in a resort house out on the ice. Yep. You know, I think um, the advantage of staying with the resort is just simplicity. It makes life easy. That's, that's the bottom line. You know, you go up there and uh, you can put uh, four people in a vehicle or whatever you want. Uh, uh, you don't have to be pulling anything. Uh, you don't need all your equipment with you. You know, you go up there, you, you're relaxed, you have dinner at night. When you arrive uh, the next morning, you, uh, you know, wake up, have a good breakfast. You know, uh, either you're going to jump in their ice transportation or you're going to, you know, wake up and, and uh, turn the key in your own vehicle and drive out on their ice road. And they're going to give you a little map that says you're in house, uh, you know, uh, 115 and you go out five miles and you make a right on the road they tell you to. Maybe it's walleye lane they have it marked. You make a right and go a third of a mile and you'll see house 115 on your left and you open the door and it's heated and ready to roll. And uh, so, I mean, it's just so easy. It, it just makes, it's, it's, it's a vacation. It's relaxing. You don't have to figure out where should we fish? What's the road doing? How far are people going? I see fish houses everywhere. Where's the, where's the bite right now? I mean, things are taken care of for you. The other thing that's nice is that when you come in at the end of the day, you know, you know instead of uh, going to the fish cleaning shack and having to cut fish, you can, uh, the guys will normally clean your fish for you and you can go back and have a, your favorite beverage and, and relax before dinner, you know? So that, that that's why people use uh, the, the resorts. It's, it's, it's easy, it's vacation, it's relaxing. And then if you don't have the equipment or you don't have know-how, it takes all that away, away from you. So now instead of focusing on people that know how to do it and have the equipment, you know, the resorts can focus on everybody. There's a lot of people that would love to ice fish, but they just don't know what to do, how to do it, how to clean fish, whatever, it takes all that away. Now, of course, you know, if you have a collapsible, you're going to be much more flexible. So when you go out there, you know, a lot of times what I'll do is I'll, I'll go out there and I'll uh, get out there uh, before light and I'll, I'll get that morning evening bite going. So, you know, I'll go and fish in that 15 to 20 feet of water, maybe adjacent to Pine Island or Zippo Bay or wherever I'm fishing out of. And I'll go and I'll fish that shallow stuff where nobody else is fishing. And you know, it's hit and miss. Sometimes you, uh, sometimes you whack those fish. I mean, if a streak comes through, you could be filled out in 15 minutes, you know, um, also some nice fish in there. So it hit and miss. Some, some days you don't get them at all. But then once that sun starts rising above the trees, then I'll shoot out to that deeper water and I'll pick away at both walleyes and saugers and, 
and a plethora of other fish during the day. And then, of course, at night, it's kind of fun. You know, I'm a little hardcore, but it's kind of fun at night at about 3 o'clock or maybe even 2.30 to come into the shells and get set up again and do that evening bite. It's just a fun, fun deal. Um, so, so using your own collapsible, you're flexible. You can pick which road you want to go of based on where you think your best fishing will be, and you can move around, you know, all day long. Um, you know, you talk about the wheelhouse thing. Hey, you know, let's face it. Sometimes wheelhouses are some of the nicest fish houses with, you know, leather, fireplaces, and TVs. I mean, all that jazz in them. You know, that's nice. And it's also pretty flexible. You don't want to be setting them up too much. It's work. But, you know, you can move around a little bit more. You can pick different ice roads you want to go out of. Um, so it's just, you know, it's a wheelhouse. They're, they're, they're darn nice. The other thing I should mention, too, is uh, the snowmobiles. You know, uh, we have a snowmobile trails. We have 500 miles of snowmobile trails around the lake and also going across the lake. So if you've got a snowmobile and a collapsible, well now you can hit those groomed stake trails going all the way up to the northwest angle and be fishing uh, anywhere off of those trails, which gets you into areas that other people can't access because there's no ice trailers. And there's a lot of structure you can fish and things like that, which are you know, pretty, pretty darn conducive as well. Very cool. Let's talk about those walleyes on Lake of the Woods a little bit. Tell me just a little bit about what those walleyes are like, what people can expect, and, uh, you know, Size, structure, uh, what kind of numbers are we looking at uh, up on Lake of the Woods? Well, you know, one, one of the reasons Lake of the Woods is such a popular fishery, I mean, it, it, you know, we call it the walleye capital of the world. And, you know, that's with all, re all due respect to other really good lakes in the Midwest and rivers in the Midwest. You know, it's our, it's our marketing tagline, but, you know, it's there for a good reason. You know, we, uh, we, we literally have millions of walleyes in our system, all different, all different year classes. You know, we got, we got saugers. You know, when the walleye's underneath you and you're, you're fishing, Tell you, a soccer comes in on your electronics, and that's still a cool line that you're fishing. You're still going to feel that thunk. You're still going to get a nice fight, and you're going you're gonna to have some food at the end of the day to, to have a fish fry with. So the walleyes and saugers, it's just, uh, uh, it makes it an enjoyable day. Plus, the other activity you get, you're going to get your mixed in pike, your big jumbo perch, your tulabies. Um, once in a while, you get a crappie um, on the basin. They're really more north. Once in a while, you, of course, you'll get you'll, your eel powder burbot. You know, uh, people like uh, cooking those these days as an appetizer. Uh, and then, of course, once in a while, you'll even hook into a sturgeon um, on Lake of the Woods and, and have a fight for uh, an hour, hour and a half if, uh, if you're so lucky to get it in. So um, a lot, lot of variety, a lot of activity that's going to be coming through in your electronics even during the day. Um, our water is stained water. So that's really key. You know, on very clear water lakes, your best bite is going to be, you know, either the golden hour of sunrise and sunset or when it's actually dark out. Well, you went in Rome, do as the Romans. I mean, if that's when your bite's going to be, you're going to have rattle reels down and take advantage of it. But at the same time, most people would rather fish when, when they're, they're used to being awake. And that's the daytime hours. Lake of the Woods, because of our stained water. And when I say stained water, what it is, is our watershed drains from the south and comes north. And there's a lot of bog south of us. And that bog puts natural plant material into the water called tannins. Tannins stain that water, make it kind of that little, little bit of a tea or coffee color. So we have a naturally stained water, clean water, but stained. Well, that stained water makes it so those walleyes actually prefer to feed during the day rather than at night. So it's really a good, good day bite. So you can go out there all day long and fish and have a great time. And then, of course, the majority, the vast majority of people, unless you're staying in a sleeper, will come in, you know, at happy hour, uh, right about that 4.35 o'clock. So it's really festive and, and you know, and, and around the area with all the resorts and such. Uh, it's, good, it's good fishing all day long. Uh, in some cases, um, you, you know, some of the people will tell you it actually gets a little bit better when the sun rises a little bit. Well, that's, it's usually when you're on that deeper water, you get a little bit more light penetration down there. 
Um, you know, because of the stained water, there's some things that I always like to recommend to people coming to Lake of the Woods. You know, when it comes to, uh, you know, how walleyes live and how they seek their forage. First off, colors. You know, in stained water, your golds, your glows, your pinks, you know, oranges, chartreuses, things like that, or combination thereof, very important colors. And then, of course, uh, your vibration. So, you know, like anything, when, when you're fishing with another angler or two in a fish house, I really encourage you to use different things at first. In Minnesota, you're allowed two, two holes. So you're going to have one jigging hole and one dead stick hole. So you're going to be jigging with one line and you're going to have either a bobber down or um, just have your, 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 your uh, ice rod maybe sitting on a bucket and just watching your rod tip, however you like to do it. And you know, the, the jigging line is going to not only attract fish in, but it's going to catch your more active fish. If those fish are in a more neutral mode, you might not catch as much on your jigging line, but they're going to slide over and hit your, your, your live minnow on a, either a plain hook or an ice jig. Um, so that's kind of how you do it. Um, walleyes have lateral lines and that dark water down there, you know, having some uh, rattles or having vibration uh, certainly can be a triggering effect. You know, uh, I like to I use jigging spoons with rattles. I also use them without rattles. Some days they just prefer them without, but that's why you try different colors, different sizes, different things going on. Um, I'm also a big believer in vibration. You know, I've been using uh, old things like a, a refresher cicada or a, a rappel, a rip and wrap. Um, a rip and wrap, man, a small rip and wrap. I just really been getting into lately. Put that baby on and when you rip it, you know, brrr, it, it not only has a vibration, but it's got rattles in it. And uh, man, that thing will not only pull fish in from a longer area around under your house, which might hit a dead stick or somebody else's line, but it's amazing where even when fish are in a neutral mode, Chris, you know, uh, absolutely neutral mode, uh, once in a while you'll get one to take a dead stick. All of a sudden you'll be ripping that rip and wrap and there's nothing on your electronics. And all of a sudden, bang out of nowhere there's a red line that's two feet off that comes in on a screaming that fish is so freaking hot it'd, it'd probably eat a hot dog all you got to do is put your lure in front of it and just jiggle it once it'll hammer it i guarantee it so so i mean all that stuff it, it, it's you know this it's it's like uh, an adult video game watching electronics and i really regardless of what brand of electronics you prefer electronics are so important it tells you if there's fish down there it tells you how the fish are reacting to what you're doing it tells you if you should be changing color it tells you what technique to do um, the other thing I'm, I'm a big proponent of is uh being smart and adapting to those fish you know when that walleye comes in you only have a short period of time so that short period of time my normal jigging cadence would be you know jig jig and let it sit in the strike zone and that might be a jigging spoon with a minnow head on it or maybe a little piece of minnow tail for instance that's kind of my go-to Jig, jig, let it sit in the strike zone. A lot of times they'll come and you watch it right on it, boom, they'll hit it and get them, you know. But there's other times when they don't, they don't hit it. That's when you want to do different things, such as drop in the mud and lift it off slow. Drop in the mud and lift it off slow. Sometimes you want to jig it above them so it makes them come up to feed. Like in nature, they got to feed up on minnows. Sometimes you want to shake it as fast as you can and hold it in the strike zone. Shake as fast as you can and hold it in the strike zone. That'll turn them on. Sometimes you want to tease them up. You know, I used to, when I tease fish up and make them chase, it's like thrill of chase, just like human beings. We want what we can't have, right? So, right. you know, they're, they're used to chasing minnows up and such. That's kind of their natural instinct. So a lot of times when I'm getting a walleye or a fish on my screen that's not going, what I'll do, I used to shake it up, shake it up, shake it up, and they'll chase it. And when I get up here, I couldn't set the hook, I had nothing left. Now what I do is I use my reel. And I, I, I shake it. Oh, he's coming up, he's four feet off, five feet off, he's six feet off. Boom, I get slack because he pushes it up. See, that's when you set that hook. Boom, we got them, you know. Chris, the other thing on Lake of the Woods, 
is uh, beware of, of suspended fish. Yes, tulipies will come through suspended, but big walleyes will come through suspended. So, you know, when you see a suspended mark come, reel up to them, quick, get up there. But what I like to do is if I reel right up to them real fast, you know, it's a nice calm environment. All of a sudden, screaming up to them. They shoot, they get out of there. What you want to do is get it up real close, fast, get up to them within about two feet, and then bring it up slow the next two feet. Get it in front of them. And a lot of times, those fish are eaten. They're up because they're feeding on small tulipies, you know, suspended bait fish. Uh, so that can be a really good technique. Kind of going on and on about stained water and Lake Lewis fishing, but that's how it is, you know? Yeah, that was, that was really good stuff. And uh, it was fun to see you really excited about uh, about what you're doing. It sounds like you're fired up and ready to get out on the ice. Oh, I'm ready to get in that hard water. I'm sure you are too. But I mean, you know, it's, it, it, you know, and, and ice fishing is so cool. You know, I tell people, you know, people that don't fish very much, oh my gosh, ice fishing, you must be hardcore to be able to sit in that cold. Who sits in the cold anymore? You know, with the technology we have, I mean, you don't sit in the cold. Ice fishing is almost warmer than it is in open water, quite frankly, because you don't have to deal with the elements. It's it's fun. You know, it's it's not only fun. And, you know, Lake of the Woods, you're going to catch fish, just how many, how big. But um, And that's one of the reasons it's such a popular destination. The, the interesting thing that is, though, is that, uh, you know, uh, for some, it's all about the fish. For some, it's about big fish. For some, it's about having fish fries. But, you know, for others... It's a little bit efficient, but it's a lot more social. And that's what's really kind of cool is that so many people, you know, with the wheelhouse movement now, you see a lot more families in ice fishing, don't you? Mm-hmm. Families, and I mean, it's it's nice to be able to do some fishing in your socks. I mean, that's, that's the part I like. <laughs> it is, isn't that great? You know, w- waking up and uh, first thing you do in the morning is start jigging. <sighs> that's right. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of shoreline on that U.S. portion of the lake and a lot of options for access, Joe. What are some of the more popular access points on the lake uh, for ice fishing? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, um, you know, as far as some of the public roads go, you know, um, Adrian's Road out of the South Shore is is probably the largest. And that goes out of that, uh, uh, at the mouth of the Rainy River, there's an area called Four Mile Bay. So where the river flows through, we stay away from that current. And then Four Mile Bay kind of extends off the river to the west. Well, some of the ice roads will cross Four Mile Bay. So, you know, you got... uh, so you got Adrian's Road that goes out of Four Mile Bay in the south bend there. And then you also have, um, try not to miss that, Wigwam has a road that, that's uh, adjacent. Borderview has a road that goes across Four Mile Bay. Then you head over to the west a little bit and you have, you know, Bugsy's on Bostick. You have, um, you know, Cyrus. You have Morse Point has a real nice ice road right on the main lake. You have uh, Zippo Bay Resort has a big ice road going out of there. Then you slide over a little further and you got, uh, 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 Dale's on Lake of the Woods, Dale and Connie Peterson. It's uh, that's just uh, just to the east of Arneson's Rocky Point. So uh, th- those are all the public ice roads up there and uh, um, on that south shore. So you know it's um, a lot of choices. It's the bottom line. A lot of choices. You know where should I go? Where, where's the best bite? And of course you get on the internet and start searching. And, you know it's hard because you got you got a couple people that stubbed it over here and you got a couple people that did really well and it almost seems like they're fishing the same depth. You know, so what do you do? You know, there's varying reports everywhere you go. Sometimes you just got to say, you know what we're going to do? Here's going to be our game plan based on everything we've read. Let's just go and go fishing, see what happens. It's the 20th of November today. How is the ice on the lake today, Joe? Yeah, well, you know, we, uh, um, so we got some milder temps this week. I say milder, kind of around that that freezing mark. But we have uh, have some thin ice uh, on, on the Rainy River right now. We have thin ice in our back bays. Uh, Four Mile Bay is iced over. Bostic Creek has been iced over. Uh, Zippo Bay is iced over. 
Um, so, you know, our bays and, and such have ice, big traverse, the big open water is still open. You know, you get some uh, ice that is formed and blown against shore, you know, and the waves are going through and stuff, but it's pretty much wide open. And then, you know, up at the Northwest angle right now, it's the, the great big areas are still open. The areas that are smaller are ice covered. And then of course, um, areas between islands, you know, we have a little current in Lake of the Woods. And when you get, you know, to a, an area where it's a neck down between a couple of islands, a little more current through there. Um, those are usually stay open a little bit longer as well. So, so kind of a mixture right now. We're really kind of on track, you know, for this time of the year. What I can tell you is, you know, people always ask me, Chris, uh, when do you start ice fishing in Lake of the Woods? And, you know, Mother Nature always dictates, bottom line. And it's always safety first. It's our, our uh, put a plug in for our ice guides and our resorts, man. They, they, they're out there. I mean, I, I wouldn't doubt if some of them are out there now, which I will, do not recommend anybody be on the ice right now. The point of it is, is that some of those folks are going to be out there real soon in that thinner ice, taking safety precautions. They know what they're doing. They know where to go. And they're going to be working to stake a trail. And they start staking that trail and they, uh, they find the good ice. They know where the springs are to stay away from, where current is. They know where weed beds are. They know where all the bad stuff is usually. They kind of even know where most of the cracks form every year. Uh, and they also have the equipment to, to get over that stuff. So they're going to be forming out real good roads and such. But this, uh, December 10th for day houses is about the norm, about the average when we start getting those smaller houses out. Again, those aren't sleeper houses. Those are the day houses. Um, before that, we have a couple of resorts to do some spearing for pike in the back bays. They'll be getting out earlier than that, obviously. And uh, and then, you know, the, the sleeper houses, uh, they, they normally start letting uh, uh, SUVs and, and smaller pickups out right around Christmas and then uh, right around New Year's for the bigger stuff. Um, so I was, it, it, Mother Nature dictates, sometimes it's earlier, sometimes a little later, but uh, that's, that's kind of some norms. Well, when does that season kind of wrap up typically? I know it really depends on a lot of different factors, but um, if you're going to put something on the calendar, when would be the last time you'd be like, all right, this, this time we're for sure going to have ice? Well, I tell you, you know, we, being, being that we're, uh, you know, we're in Minnesota, but we're border water with Canada. So we have an extended season. So we're allowed to keep our uh, fish houses overnight on the ice um, through the month of March. So that gives you a whole extra month of ice fishing. Normally, we can fish through the month of March, typically. Um, some years it might get a little bit too warm and, and you can, there's still thick ice out there, but it just gets so sloppy and, and the bays where there's current get a little bit, uh, a little bit soft and things like that. So, but normally we can fish all the way through the month of March. Um, we also have an extended um, seasons on the fish. So, you know, walleyes and saugers are open to April 14th. Um, pike never close. Pike are open year round. So, uh, and we got, we got a big pike fishery. So a lot of times in March, a lot of people like coming up uh, tip up fishing for those huge pike. We got a, big population of pike that are 40 plus inches over 20 pounds a uh, big big population and really it's funny they they, they get caught accidentally by you know uh, uh, walleye anglers they'll certainly get caught by musky anglers you know um but they don't get they don't get much attention other than the month of march yeah it sounds like a lot of fun joe is there something that you wanted to talk about today that i didn't ask you about well you know i i think uh um i think with you know with lake of the woods you know it's uh, it's really good fishery you know and, and uh you know if you come up there you're gonna have a level of success typically you know uh, uh i mentioned the snowmobile trails some other things you might want to check out in the area you know uh, uh coming through the city but that, get a snapshot of willy walleye you know uh, it's a 40 foot long a walleye statue is kind of fun um you know uh when you go to the northwest angle we have the the buoy signifying the northernmost point of the contiguous united states much like key west florida has a southernmost buoy we have the northernmost buoy 
kind of fun to get a shot of that if you're up there. That's uh, that's right by uh, Jerry's and, and uh, Jerry's Bar and Grill as well as Young Bay Resort. It's in between the two. Um, you know, don't forget about the Igloo Bar on the Ice. You know, Zippo Bay Resort has a bar that's they put out three miles on the ice. It's a thousand square feet. It's got the two big screen TVs, electric lights. It's got a, 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 a for the most part a full bar and a partial hot menu, some pizzas and, and soups and stews and things like that. But, you know, uh, the kicker is for five bucks an hour, you can actually uh, rent a rattle reel or bring your own equipment and fish, get a hold and fish in the bar. So how cool is it? You can have your favorite beverage, be watching the game on the big screen TV. You're in a bar and you're fishing. It's, it's cool. I'll tell you, it's funny. I was talking to Nick Painovich, who's the owner of, of Zippo Bay Resort. And uh, I said to Nick, I said, Nick, it gets pretty festive in here when somebody catches a walleye. He says to me, uh, yeah, you should see what happens when somebody loses one. <laughs> that was kind of cute. You know, the other thing that's kind of cute there is they have porta potties that are, they look like little igloos. They're kind of foamed and they got the bricks they painted on them, you know, and they got men's and women's and they're heated. I said, Nick, how in the heck did you get heated porta potties? How did that ever happen? You know, he goes, well, I'll tell you what happened. He says, uh, some of the gals are giving me a hard time because that toilet seat was so cold. So I started heating the ladies. Well, then all the guys started using it. So now I have to heat them both. <laughs> so I just think there's some fun stories but you know the igloo bar three miles out you know it's just uh, it's so cool even if you're staying at a different resort uh, I think you got to pay a road fee but then you can get out there and it's usually open until around 10 o'clock but uh, uh, it's just kind of fun going out there and, and experiencing that sort of thing on Lake of the Woods um, and then you know uh, I think the other thing is unique is that there's a lot of really interesting um, people movers on Lake of the Woods so early in the year you know, our, our resort community has really gravitated towards like Suzuki Samurais and Geo Trackers, light ice rigs. And then they pull these people hauler movers. Well, people hauler mover is a light, almost like a enclosed snowmobile trailer, but it's much more, much more uh, fancy than that. It's, uh, it's got special suspension. It's got a heater in it. So you're riding in heated comfort out there. And, you know, you, you know, it's just the way they've adapted is really kind of cool. They use normally those uh, early and late ice. But then during the year, some of the resorts have bombardiers, and those are those really uh, Bombardier company up in Valcourt, Quebec, you know, used to make them. And they actually made them as public transportation for the winter, like a bus. Well, then when they, they passed an ordinance that they'll start plowing roads now, that went away. But uh, big skis on the front and great big tracks in the back, and, you know, they, they zip all over the lake. And then, you know, some of the resorts have made their own. Um, Arneson's Rocky Point, for instance, has big track rigs, great big rigs that uh, they have a stairway you walk up in them. They almost look like a, this should be on the moon, you know. But uh, uh, imagine taking a brand new 15-passenger van, brand new, and the first thing you do is take a cutting torch and cut it off right behind the front seats and pull that shell off and build your own big shell with hydraulic stairs that drop down and, and uh you take the wheels off and put big tracks on it. You take the wheels off the front and put skis, you know, and it just, it's just kind of an interesting environment. You know, they, over the years, these resorts have done some things with fish houses, with their, their people haulers, plow trucks. They, they, they got her dialed in and uh, they take a lot of, um, how to say it? They, they, they take a lot of the pain so you can enjoy your race experience. That sounds really cool. It sounds like a great experience. And uh, for people who go there all the time, I know it's kind of one of their cherished things that they do every year. And I, I believe this year with uh, new people or people just coming back into the game that have been out for a while, um, it's going to be kind of a fun adventure for people this year. So 
Joe from Lake of the Woods Tourism. Really appreciate you coming on and your time and, and uh, a lot of good stories and a lot of good stuff for me today. Really appreciate it. Chris, it's been a pleasure. Thank you very much. And you know what, everybody, uh, get out in the outdoors this winter. Go enjoy yourself. Enjoy your family. And everybody be safe. Thanks for listening to the Fish House Nation podcast presented by Catch Cover. For more ice fishing content, visit our blog at catchcover.com.